Hi, this is Jesse with Red Cloaks Radio, and joining me today as co-host is... Hi, I'm Laura. I'm with the Red Cloaks of Boston. And we've also got a special guest, Whitney Smith, with us from Ohio, from Pro-Choice with Heart. Hi, Whitney. Hi. Whitney, we're really excited to meet you because we've seen your work socially in terms of your activism and your artwork, going back to this amazing, powerful photograph that you took in Ohio. And we would love to start with that picture. There's a scene of you, there's these strong women, and we can see that you're pregnant and you've got the word pro-choice written right on your own body with the state capitol building behind you. If a picture could, you know, represent a thousand words, I think yours represents like 10,000. We would love to know how that came to happen. Yeah, so our um, organization started just one year ago and um, it was myself, and six other women, some of whom were pregnant, very pregnant. And we posed in protest of the heartbeat abortion bans that were sweeping the nation at the time. Um, we posed in protest at the Ohio State House with our stomachs painted with all pro-choice. And in the word pro, instead of an O, we had a heart. Um, and that was obviously because of the heartbeat abortion bans. We're saying we're going to take back the heart um, of these nonsense abortion bans. And what really precipitated the whole protest um, and pregnant women protesting this is because when I was pregnant, I had a scare. Uh, I was really early on in my pregnancy and I went to the emergency room. I was leaking fluid and I thought I was losing my pregnancy. Um, I was having a lot of pain and it, it seemed like I had never been pregnant before, but it seemed like a miscarriage. And when I get to the emergency room with my partner, uh, I'm taken to a separate room and I'm asked, did I do something to cause this? And I was in shock. Um, I racked my brain. I was like, I was crying profusely at this point. And I was thinking, what did I do? What did I do? You know, this is my fault. And oh, I get choked up thinking about it. Um, and I said, well, I had a cup of coffee today. And if you're pregnant, they say, limit yourself to one cup of coffee. I wasn't a coffee drinker, but I'd had a craving. And I thought, I had a cup of coffee. This must be my fault. And, um, and so they take me back uh, to, to my emergency room room and brought my partner back in and I was just like shaking. I was shaking. I was terrified. And eventually they said, well, there's nothing we can do for you. If you're having one or not, just go home. So I go home and I ended up uh, not having a miscarriage. I ended up just having just a, flu a normal kind of fluid leaking, something ruptured, but uh, the pregnancy was fine. Um, and I got really scared then because I thought, what, what rights do I have as a pregnant woman? Because I feel like I'm getting blamed. I feel like they think I'm doing something wrong and I got really scared. And around the same time, uh, Marcia Jones, I don't know if you're familiar with this case, but she was pregnant and she was shot in the stomach. And then she was charged with the quote unquote murder of the fetus. Um, and I got terrified and I uh, realized if I got in a car accident, if I had something happened and I lost my pregnancy, the 
there would be, according to the law, a crime that I would have committed and I could go to prison for murder. So I started poking around and I found some research done by uh, UC Berkeley Law and it was a case study of over 700 cases where women have been arrested, investigated, detained, all just because they were pregnant. The only crime they committed, crime, quote unquote, was being pregnant. And I got really scared. And also during this time, Ohio and many other conservative states were passing these heartbeat abortion bans. And which didn't make any sense. They called them heartbeat abortion bans, but they were really just six week bans because there is no heartbeat at six weeks. Uh, anyone who's been pregnant or has a basic you know, understanding of biology knows this, but it doesn't matter. Uh, they were working to pass these laws and they did pass them. Luckily they got struck down, but at that time I was terrified. Um, and so I sent some message to a few of my friends who were pregnant and I said, hey, we've got to do something. We're pregnant. We need to show that pregnant women are pro-choice and that pregnant women want you know their own rights their own bodily autonomy and we don't support these crazy uh legislations because there's this misconception that mothers that pregnant women um are pro-life i i don't like to say pro-life that are, we're anti-choice but we're not most mothers are pro-choice because we understand the complications and the dangers surrounding pregnancy. So I sent out uh, just kind of like a, a, just a message to everybody I knew. It says, if anybody wants to come to the state house, we're gonna do this. People said, are you joking? Um, is this some kind of like stunt? Does it make any sense? A lot of people were really confused thinking that we were pro-lifers. I'm like, no. <laughs> um, and so we ended up, uh, doing our protest and taking these incredibly powerful photos they they went viral uh the photos and videos um from the protest ended up going viral and we were in the newspaper we were on the news um and it, it's really just been an incredible um our organization a year ago that was just seven women is now over two hundred and fifty thousand women and I, a lot of them are mothers. So I think it's just a really, a really powerful time right now um, to, to really be part of this movement, you know? And then it just, things keep snowballing, you know, with the loss of Justice Ginsburg. I mean, we, we were, we've always been relevant, but all of a sudden what we were doing was you know we're at a crisis level you know we're trying to do everything we can um to hold on to our rights because um it's it's not a we're it's not a right to have an abortion it's a right to have a bodily autonomy this affects everyone this doesn't just affect people that need an abortion uh this affects all women and all people who can get pregnant so I well, that was a lot, but <laughs> that was a lot, but that was the whole thing. <laughs> that was great. What you're doing is a lot. And I think we're so interested because the, the symbolism you put out is so, it is a sim symbolism, but it's reality. It's really strong because I think you're so right. Many women who have abortions already have children that they've given birth to. And they are confronted with situations where they have to make a decision about the well-being of 
someone who they will love that they were planning to have. For some people, it's an unplanned pregnancy. There's a wide range of reasons, but very few people that I've ever seen have been able to visually convey what you managed to convey in that really powerful imagery. That clearly it's the same idea of like, a, you know, the holy vessel, pregnant woman, Madonna kind of figure in art, and yet saying, it's still my choice. It's my choice. And frankly, the fact that you all are, you all look young and healthy and strong, it's really helpful too, because you're not looking um, oppressed, you're looking confident. Um, I'd love to switch because you've also done some handmade protests and know how you came to try that. And then I've got questions about how you see them having done both, which is great. Yeah, so our second event as an organization was a Handmaid's Tale event. It was a watch party for, I believe it's season two, um, whatever the season was that was coming out uh, last year. And uh, I I would say that I've always thought that, that the Handmaid's Tale was, was this futuristic idea that a lot of people couldn't couldn't really wrap their heads around or it's just this dystopian futuristic thing. But once I became pregnant, it, it felt like that was now. And, <laughs> and it's really scary that that feels like now, but that doesn't feel like a dystopian future. That's actually what's happening right now. And it's really scary. Um, so I love the Handmaid's Tale events, really, really excited to be part of the one uh, coming up on the 25th because I think that symbolism is, is really powerful. And I also like that it provides a level of anonymity if women want to be a part of it, but don't necessarily want to show their face. I feel like this level offers a level of anonymity and privacy. Is it's a sad, but it's true. There's a lot of women um, in our organization that don't get to be publicly pro-choice and that's, really sad and it's really scary. Um, but we obviously stand up for them in everything that we do. And I love that this gives an opportunity to be a part of the movement. Do you feel like you've gotten more interest since you've started the, the Handmaid's demonstrations? Um, I feel like the most interest and the most activity that our organization gets and the most growth is when we share personal stories. Um, so I feel that every time we see a jump in our membership, which uh, is happening a lot these days, is over 100,000 people have joined in the past month. Um, I really see that it's a, it's a personal stories that really, um, get people involved, get people listening and paying attention because this all symbolism and symbolism and statistics and everything, it kind of, it can separate people from the issue. Um, it's great for people that are already bought in, they already understand, they're already definitely part of the movement. But most of my activism is geared towards people who are on the fence. Um, there are young women who don't understand the issue or there and really anyone who doesn't understand the issue. And so the majority of my activism is to educate people on the issue, to let them know that over 400 laws exist on women's bodies 
and zero exist on men in the United States. So that, and then telling stories about how those laws have sent women to prison for miscarriages, for pregnancy, for any of these things. I feel like those are the messages from, from our line of activism. And those are the stories that really get people, um, get really people interested and aware and it gets them to be part of the movement. So I know you're working on a documentary to talk about the imprisonment of women who are pregnant. And um, we've interviewed a woman who was running for Congress and she came from another country where abortion is completely illegal. And so women have everything done, you know, secretly. And there's a lot of very dangerous procedures that happen. You're in Ohio and curious because we're learning about all the different states. The political atmosphere there has really shifted. So having watched it a few years ago, Ohio seemed kind of like blue. It seemed like a blue place and there were moderate Republicans and the atmosphere feels really different. So I'm kind of wondering how you see that landscape and also what's it like going out to protest? Are people supportive? Oh, wow. So I have a really unique uh, perspective on the shift of the Republican Party uh, in Ohio and nationally. And that's because I used to be a Republican. So I was a Republican candidate for office, endorsed Republican candidate for office in 2016. Wow. I, uh, John Kasich, our governor and uh, previous candidate for president had called me the future of the Republican party. And you might be, you actually might be the, the future. I, well, let's, let's hear, let's have this play out. <laughs> so I, uh, <laughs> I've, I've always been, really progressive. And in Ohio, that used to make me an asset. I'm uh, bisexual. I'm out. I'm open. When I was running for office, I, I came out immediately and said, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, I'm not going to run. And I was able to run um, and be who I was. And I thought, well, the outcome of this election is that Donald Trump is going to lose and Hillary is going to be the president and the Republican Party is going to have to swing and maybe Kasich's right. You know, maybe, maybe the part I will bend the party instead of uh, the other way around. Um, but that didn't happen. And um, I, uh, I was obviously not well, I'm not welcome in any Republican anything anymore. I came out strongly against Trump uh, from the second that he was the candidate, which immediately made me a big target on my back. Um, you know, I, I saw so many people around me that I thought were colleagues that were other Republicans um, that I thought had the same ideals and beliefs as I did, um, but I saw them immediately change to align with, um, with, to align with Trump, which I, I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe I, it just shows that there are people in it for the right reasons and there are people that aren't. And I'm not willing to compromise, not an ounce uh, of what I believe in to align with any party. Um, so I, uh, I don't have a party right now. I will be voting for Joe Biden, um, but I, the Republican party, it went from people that were very moderate, um, that could be respected, that could be trusted, you know, maybe they weren't perfect, but neither side was, but it's definitely gone the opposite direction. Uh, the Republican Party isn't anything that I would want to be aligned with at all. Um, and I, 
for a long time because of cancel culture, I was really scared uh, to say that I'm an ex-Republican. But <laughs> I've, and I did, I have been, I would say canceled. I've been canceled by some groups and organizations and saying, well, you don't get to say this or that. And no, no one's gonna stop me from speaking about women's rights. No one's gonna stop me from sharing my experience and fighting for what I believe in, you know? the label or the party or my past does not define me. And if anything, I've called on and hope that this year, so many more people that say they're Republicans, who cares what you call yourself, vote for the right person, do the right thing. We get so hung up on party labels and that being part of your identity, but no, who are you? Are you a good person? Do you care about other people? Do you care about women's rights? Do you care about LGBTQ rights? And yeah, that's how we should vote and that's how we should act and doing anything else than that is is to me i don't understand it so, <laughs> so right and and standing on party lines shouldn't be the priority either you know like, yeah. oh not working across the aisles is is insane to me that, that that's really not something that's like a, a, something of the past i agree i agree well, and you're very clear, which is helpful. Um, I know and love Republicans or former Republicans who, like you, don't have a problem saying this part's not okay with me. If this is the way the party's going, I, that's not me. And yet there's so many people who have been really complicit. So, you know, Ben Sass was on getting media attention yesterday for speaking against Trump. But meanwhile, the same day, he was there basically ready to confirm Barrett and saying how great she was. So it's it's like, you know, he doesn't get any credit for that, it seems to me, because he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Exactly. So people need to be really clear. That is, I think, the future. So I'm not saying I want to see you run over there and give your great energy and talent to the Republican Party, but the future of their party, if they have one, is going to be not this. <laughs> no, I, oh my goodness. <laughs> what do you think gives you the strength to take a position which you know you believe in strongly, but get out there and show it. Whether you're doing something with a handmade imagery or you're really literally bearing your body. Here are those videos that you put out. You know, they just, they sound like you're just, hmm, I had this thought and I just. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Those, that's accurate. <laughs> that's accurate. And that's kind of the first protest was I literally had this thought, sent a text message, said, hey, let's do this. Um, I think what what gives me the strength or what empowers me to do this? Oh my goodness. Uh, I would say the, the initial um, protest, it felt, and it actually still feels like this today, it feels like life or death. And I know that sounds extreme, but it's not actually. No. Um, when I'm talking about my own rights, our rights as women, and we look at cases in the United States and internationally, this is a life or death issue. Women's healthcare, abortion is healthcare. If I don't, if I were to get pregnant again and abortion is illegal and I have a miscarriage, I have an ectopic pregnancy, I have something wrong and I don't have access to healthcare, I mean, this is a basic human right. This is life and death. I mean, let alone the fact that I could go to prison if something happened to the pregnancy. I mean, yeah, that's also life. It's also my life. So for me, 
I just, once I realized that this was the reality, there was no way I could say nothing. There was no way I could do nothing because I feel that it is life or death. We're going to watch your documentary. We know you're working on one and we'll, we'll want to see it. We'll, oh, wonderful. I'm really, really excited about that. Let's see it. We'll, we'll be there. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you.